What's up and welcome to episode 101 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. So uh, we're on the other side of 100 now. We're like... It's 101. <laughs> we're restarting is, uh, the... It's like, it sounds like a how-to manual. <laughs> Bench Time 101. <laughs> hey, before we get too far into this, uh, Jason Jensen is on with us right now. So welcome, yeah. Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. So uh, thanks for joining us tonight. That's a, It's exciting. I love having you on because... This is like time. This is like episode number. This is like with the Jason Jep. Oh my Jason goodness. Jensen episode uh, number twenty five yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had you on well, a thanks. lot. You've been on no, yeah. Thank you guys. I, I really appreciate it. And you know, I'm just a huge fan of the podcast. So yeah, we we love having you on because I feel like it's it, at any point, we could talk for an hour about a specific uh, anything, thing. So forget that we're yeah. even talking on a show. We just start talking. Um, okay. But okay. by having you on tonight, we uh, have something specific this time. So I know we've had you on before, kind of bounced around some other topics, but we're actually going to hit. And we'll probably end up doing that tonight a little bit. As yeah, well. we will. But we're going to hit some some specific stuff this time. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to go through the uh, kind of the methods that we both have used and mainly you, because we've talked about it quite a bit on our show um, about our layout, but kind of the methods you're using to design and, and build scenery and place your buildings on your city for your layout. Um, I think it'd be pretty exciting to kind of hear your process behind that. Well, why don't we have him describe his layout, what his envision of it is. So other people that have not seen it, and then when they go to his his Facebook page, they can actually see, you know, the progress of it. But this way, he can describe what the whole game plan is before we Let's get into that. Do that, but be, real quick before we do that, we have two new patrons we have to thank. Uh, oh, ha- yeah, yeah. Howie B and Ken D. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, it's much appreciated. So yes, if you guys thank wanna, you. if you guys want to support our show, it's at patreon.com forward slash ho scale customs. So. Anyways, back over to Jason. Sorry, Jason. I had to get that out of the way before I forgot. Yeah, that's okay. Um, that's okay. So, yeah, let's kind of unpackage, like, the thought process behind your mad world over there of your layout. And did you come up with a city name before we forget, before we get too deep into it? I have not come up with a name yet. Okay. And uh, people keep asking me. Um, I do know that I want to incorporate my grandfather's name, which was... Francis Marn. Okay. So it may be like the Francis Marn and Southern Railroad. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet, but I want to incorporate his name because he's the one that got me into the hobby when I was a little kid. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice little homage. You know, you can pay some tribute to a family member through it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yep. We we did that with a few buildings on our layout. I like that. That's a uh, and you could actually even do a made up rail line with that. Yeah, that'd be kind of yeah. cool. When he gets a train? No, no, no. He had a video about a year or so ago. Oh where yeah, he yeah, ran yeah. a train. Right, he ran right. A train. Right. That's more than we've yeah. done. No, remember? <laughs> well, well, we posted that video where we pushed that car along the. We pushed the, we pushed the cars. You pushed one one way. I pushed one on the track above it the other way. Anyways, we're getting off. We're <laughs> yeah. getting off course here. Yeah. So, yeah. so. Um, I, I like the tribute name. That's a really awesome idea. Um, and it's a cool history for you. It's kind of a sentimental thing, but the the really interesting thing that I want to know about is what's going on in your creative brain when you are 
building out your your layout? What are you doing for you know creating land masses and where your water is going to be and everything like that? Sure. Well, you know, first off, I I come at it from an artistic point of view. Um, so I'm concerned more with it, like visually. Um, so first, what I did was I measured the room, like how much room I had for the layout. And then I sort of drew, came up with uh, my benchwork plan. And then really I jumped, I knew that I wanted to build uh, a really detailed harbor scene. Uh, and I jumped right into that. And uh, I will be laying track probably soon. I would say probably, uh, this coming January, I'll probably get to laying track. Um, but I've, if, I've if, people, always... if people don't know, sorry to interrupt you, Jason. Sure. See, when Jason's time schedule, the way Jason is, is, and many of you know this, is if he says January, that means two weeks from now. So yeah. that's, that's where he'll be at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I believe him on this. I, I believe him okay. on this one because I, I do believe Jason on this one because uh, yeah, you've, you've got your work cut out for you here with your harbor scene. You've got a lot in that. Yeah. I'm teasing you. Well, and it's funny because being a freelance artist, um, I always work on deadlines. Mm-hmm. Always. I've worked on deadlines my entire life. So um, it's just natural for me to set deadlines for myself. Um, so I knew when I started it, I actually, I think I started this July 19th. Oh, wow. I started my layout and I knew that the first thing I was going to do was, um, paint my sky, paint my clouds, and then start to do, um, some bench work so that I could start on that Harbor scene. Right. And then on the, the next, harbor, that was day one. And then on the next day, yeah, right. Was <laughs> yeah. So I know the harbor scene. I gave myself six months max, so that my harbor scene is two feet by four feet. Right. And I gave myself six months to completely detail it and have it completely finished. Now. If I keep up that pace, which I won't be able to, but if I kept up that pace, it would take me seven years to complete my layout because my layout is 15 feet. The room is 15 feet long by 13 and a half feet wide. Right. And so um, based on how I drew out my bench work, if I kept at the... uh, doing two feet by four feet and giving myself six months for each section, it would take me seven years. (laughs) So, but you know, you know, you say that and everybody thinks, Oh, seven years, that's a long time. But when you think about, (laughs) yeah, when you, when you think about like, um, um, I just, there's an article a friend of mine put up on my Facebook page. I guess it's, it's been out before. I think it's been rewritten. It's about Rod Stewart's layout and how it took him 20, 26 years to get to that point. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, that's 26 years. He's now he's now officially called it completed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So seven years. Wow. It's, you think about that. That's like nothing. 
Sure. You know? I, I actually think it would probably take me anywhere from 10 to 12 years to mm-hmm. complete it. But I really don't want to look at it like that because yeah. I don't, I don't ever want to be done. Um, I think it would be sad to have a finished layout. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's still stuff to do like clean track and work on train engines and whatever, but yeah. um, I'm a builder. So I just yeah. want to keep building. Um, right. Right. So, so, and, and that's, and that's great. You, you, you know, and then of course you can always expand it too. Yeah. If you need be, because I mean, but you, you, in I've seven always, years, in seven years, some of your family members will have moved out and you'll have rooms <laughs> that you can move <laughs> your train stuff and it's built part, parts of the house. That, that, that's right. <laughs> that is right. But you know, I've always tackled, this is probably about my third layout, actually. Yeah. And I've always tackled it that way where I kind of do scenery first or at least plan out where major things are going to be, like the, the big city and where water is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then put my track around those areas where I think most people – um, figure out the room measurement and then try to find a track plan that fits that room and they go from there. Yeah. Uh, and then they start with their bench work, they lay all their track, they wire it all. Um, I just, you're, I don't know. You're I just kind have of, never worked it that way. Yeah. You're working it in a so. way that's more tailored to modeling and less about the operations, I think. And that, sure. and that's yeah. kind of how we worked too. We were like, so initially we had a lot more room for track and then we switched to, we tore it all down because we were like, we have nowhere to put awesome buildings and the awesome scenery. So now we've, we've since then about two years ago, flattened it and made it as flat as possible. Not flat as far as scenery flat, but made yeah. as much space available to yeah. build in the scenery. Yep. Rather than worrying about so much about where the track's going to go. Yeah. And my layout really will be, all my layouts have been this way, where they're basically dog-boned loops mm-hmm. on different levels, and then you just have some sidings here and there that go off to some cool buildings, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not very complicated. Um, I'm definitely more of a, a structure builder and doing scenery than, than trains. Uh, right. I do. Uh, it's cool to see the trains running through sure. the scenes that completes uh, but it. As far as, as far as operating, you know, and, and switching and doing all that, I just really have no interest in that. I think you might share this same view as I do, Jason. Um, and my dad might think about it this way, but when I was up visiting, uh, Franklin, South Manchester, George's layout. When you were there, when we met you, um, yeah. in person. Yep. Well, I met you in person. Uh, the cool thing about the trains in a super detailed layout was that the trains were at least once you started to look at the trains, then you were able to follow them throughout the layout and see the story of the layout as the trains pass through it. So I think of for me, once we get the trains running and we get a layout that's kind of even near near lookable, near showable or whatever you want to call it, 
I think the trains would be cool as a almost like a tour guide through our scenery, through our layout. Yeah. Less about yep. less about operating them, but more about like drawing your eye in through the story of the of the city. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. It's like a tour yep. guide. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and it know, gives it something I, that's not I, static. I, yeah. I know that there's people out there that think that uh, I'm putting in too much detail, that it's too busy. There's too much. There's always going to be people like that. And that's, that's blasphemy. That's, <laughs> that's fine. There, there is some beautiful layouts yeah. that aren't completely super detailed uh, with lots of rolling hills and beautiful scenery. And, mm-hmm. and that's cool. I think you should model uh, what you love to model. Right. I mean, it's it's your hobby. You're the one that is going to spend the most time doing it. Right. So, you know, you should be happy with it. Enjoy it your way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, now it has turned into this whole thing of I just love sharing the entire process with everyone on social media. Mm-hmm. It has become a whole different hobby for me. I, I just love inspiring people and hearing feedback and seeing what everyone else is doing and, and seeing other people's uh, YouTube channels. Uh, yeah. Your, your videos are amazing. So much. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you so I like much. your videos. I was watching your newest one this morning. Um, it looks, it, it's really good. You were uh, showing how you, you put in your stairs and plankways and, and such like that. I really enjoyed that video. I was watching it while I was working and not working. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was very, it's very well done. And, and, um, well, it, it was well planned out. I loved how you had, uh, the buildings already removed and you showed how you put them into place. And, uh, and, and it, it was just, it was well done. Your, your videos are, are very compelling, uh, to telling the story of how it's all coming together. And, uh, well, so. thanks. And like I said, at the end of that video, um, it's deceiving because that whole project took me three long days and I condensed it down into like a 30 or 40 minute video. And so people don't realize how long it takes, um, right. the mistakes that you make and you have to recut stuff. And Brett, um, Brett understands that. Oh it's, no, it's I, I get it. Process. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real, real quick, as a side question, what are you? Uh, what do you edit yours with? Just curious. Um, Final Cut Pro. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. I have. Um, I was using, um, or I am using Adobe Premiere and Adobe After Effects, okay. and I recently got a app on my phone for nine ninety nine a month called um, Premiere Rush. Because I'm addicted to Adobe stuff. Like, I, everyone's got a thing that whenever you're like a fanboy of, that whenever uh, that company puts something out that's worthwhile, you just go nuts over it. And for me, it's Adobe products. Maybe maybe because I live in them every day. Um, uh-huh. But I saw about this. It's on my phone. So I found that the best video that I can shoot is from my phone, my Samsung Galaxy, because it's like, it's just crystal clear. I don't know what it is. So I've been using my Galaxy for stuff, and I can just edit it on the fly right from my phone from this Premiere this Premiere app. 
So anyways, this is Oh wow. This isn't exciting for people that don't do video. So uh yeah. <laughs> but but it's cool because it's just got a it's got yeah, everything. Like, I'm a I'm a fanboy of Victory Beer. And uh, I like the different kinds. I like that. I like the uh, New Belgiums as well. So I'm a fanboy that way. Uh, No, I just, I just, I just, I just think it's interesting to hear what other people use. Uh, And um, yeah, sure. uh, Anyways, back on back on track here. Um, Yeah, yeah. The video, the video, the whole video thing is fun, and I think everyone. It's really neat about the community of YouTubers within the modeling community. You know, your videos go really in-depth, and they're extremely, like, you can get just a textbook of information out of some of your your build videos. They're just, they're tremendous to watch. Um, you almost want to just sit down on the couch and just, like, put it on the cast on your TV and then just, because you get a lot out of it. I've done, I've actually done that. Your mom, oh, hates, your mom hates That's that. what I do. Um, <laughs> I do like training videos on YouTube, on the TV set, and I get these hairy eyeballs, you know? So no, but it's I, cool to see how other people work, yeah, too. So for, yeah. for me, I watch them because I want to see how other people are working, and it's really interesting to pick up little, maybe not so much of the modeling tips, I mean, you yeah. always learn from other people little tips, but for right. me, it's more like, oh man, Jason just did that, and he skipped like, uh, you might have skipped something that would have normally taken me three steps, and you did it in one or two, and you cut something mm-hmm. down, or I just start to notice little things that aren't, they're like secondary tips that you don't necessarily say, but you just, yep. I notice as you're working, there's something that I could do easier or better, and right. uh, so there's there's that kind of stuff on youtube you have obviously the whole train genre on youtube and um there's just a it seems like there's been more and more people creating on youtube for our hobby lately um it's really exciting to see it and it almost we've get we get emails weekly of people that are starting new youtube channels whether they're for their layout or they're for uh their modeling their modeling tips that they learn um it's a really cool community you ever see that you ever see at Ron's trains and things? Yeah. Yes. That guy does a yep. super job, man. He yeah. really does. He's very, very thorough. A lot of uh, our, gotta, yeah. Oh, I was going to say a lot. Him and a lot, and a lot of our listeners are actually now starting to create their own YouTube mm-hmm. channels. Whether maybe they're not doing modeling tips, but they're doing uh, their own status, yeah. like their statuses of their layout week by week. Um, yeah. It's really cool to see it. So, so now you're on the. Your work. Let's go back to, let's go back to the uh, layout. Let's go back to Jason's layout. We, we took a like a left hand turn. We do that. Videos. Yeah, we know. So, okay. So now you're, you're doing the waterfront. Now, obviously, you got this gorgeous looking waterfront, and and we've talked about that. And uh, you know, you people need to go onto his Facebook page and check out um, his work that, that he's done already since July. Beyond the waterfront, what? What section, what do you have up next in the section as far as, I mean, obviously your entire work, your entire layout isn't going to all be waterfront. What's uh, what's the next stage? So after I finish the harbor, you mean? Yeah. Okay. So after I finish the harbor, um, you know, <laughs> I don't really plan it out that well, so it'll <laughs> depend on, on my mood. But yeah, what I would like to do, what I would like to do is after the harbor is completed, complete the bench work. Yeah. And 
then lay down some track so that I can get some trains running. Right. And then I will continue to move up the hill from the harbor and go into the entire town. Right. It's like on the hillside of the harbor. Cool. Um, yeah. So, but I have plans for an entire subway on the opposite side of the room and the subway will be completely visible under the layout with oh. lights and everything. And then a huge uh, city above the subway. Nice. Um, so, and I want to have, you know, stairs that actually go down into the subway from street level. Ooh, so, that's a great idea. I don't think I've seen anybody do anything like that. No, I haven't. Yeah. Now, I've seen, obviously, when you go to, to see the Franklin South Manchester, all three of us that were there together, we saw how on the backside of uh, the Franklin South Manchester, as you come in the doorway, uh, there's that section that he has his all underground rail and, uh, you know, kind of hidden in the shadow boxes yeah. you know, as you walk in. And, yeah. they're, they're, and that's really cool. And that's similar. Yeah. But what I like, what, I love that concept you just gave where you have uh, – we can show like the stairs or the whatever going down to the subway from the yeah. street level. That's brilliant yeah. if you can pull that off. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a lot of work, but uh, it'll yeah. be exciting to work on. You'll figure that out. You're good with that no. stuff. That's what you you do that. You're, you're you're good at figuring out how to how to come up with that concept. Now, now when you put, uh, let's say when you put buildings together, um, let's say. We were talking about building um, um, your your harbor, mm-hmm. your, your the building businesses that you use, and and the types of buildings. How do you group them? How do you how do you figure out what looks good or not just looks good? What makes sense when you're grouping buildings together, whether it be the harbor or in this in the city or the town when you when you get to that point? But you've done it on two other layouts prior. Um, what goes through your head when you're trying to group buildings together? I mean, obviously, because, I mean, yeah, I, like, I'm looking here. I have a boxing gym on my workbench here to work. Uh, I didn't start it yet. And I have, um, a mill and a, um, what was the other? Oh, and a general store. And they're all on my shelf over here to work. Well, obviously, I can't group those three kind of buildings together because it would look ridiculous. So, what what goes through your head when you're when you're processing when you're doing this? Let's, let's just go with the waterfront. What you're doing now? Well, with the harbor, I'm trying to stick with all wood buildings. Okay. Strictly wood and making it look really aged and doing a lot of dry brushing with a light gray um, to have it look weathered from the salt water. Okay. So it's all wood. And then really, I always do this, but I am constantly moving the buildings, even if it's just a <laughs> oh, little we do that bit. I all just the keep, time. I just keep tweaking it so that I look at it from all angles, all angles, until I finally decide, okay, this is where I want to put it. Yeah. And nothing, nothing is parallel with the edges of the layout. Everything is at a slight angle. I just, 
I think it adds more interest. Well, because you get a different view from a different perspective. You know, yeah. Perspective. It's just, instead of Definitely. straight on, you're getting and, an angle. Especially with a waterfront, which we've we've seen a lot of your photos. And if you haven't, you guys need to go yeah. over to Jason Jensen's trains to see his mm-hmm. pictures. Um, the one thing about a waterfront that's different than like a downtown scene is um, if you've ever been near water, which <laughs> if you've never been near water, uh, I don't know where you live, but you need to find a place where some water is. The banks and the shorelines are never perfectly straight. So a lot of what I've noticed with what you've done for your waterfront is something that you're going to have to do in real life. You're going to have to work with what the, you know, the, the banks and the shorelines give you. So you wouldn't have a lot of straight edges or a lot of buildings that are perfectly lined up. Yes. So if, if you've watched any of my, if you've watched my videos from the beginning on my layout, mm-hmm. you'll notice that um, I put in these stone retaining walls, and they're kind of at an angle. And then I had plaster rock that I saved off of my last layout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sort of took all the rock off in like big chunks so that I could reuse it. I know, I that sounds started. familiar, Brett. No, I've done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you work so hard on those rocks, you just don't want to get rid of them. That's right. So I just started placing those on there and then um, sort of filled in all the cracks in between them all with, uh, with more plaster, you know, and painted everything to match. Uh, and then, then I put the structures on there. And I think a lot of people do it the opposite. They place their structures on the layout first, and then they plan their land maybe around it. Or, um, well, obviously, I mean, a lot of people put their track on there first, and then they place their buildings, then they put their roads. And I just come at it from the opposite direction where um, I am creating my land almost like in real life the land was there first and then they put the structures there based on where the land was and same with laying tracks in real life the land was there first and then they decided where they would you know put the track so right uh it's always the way i've done it well and and in in any, you know, real scene in, in real life, you wouldn't be, unless you're altering large sections of land and you have earth movers and a whole bunch of other equipment, you would be building foundations and structures to accommodate the land, to work with the land around it. You wouldn't be doing the opposite. So it's a good point that you brought up. Like uh, a lot of times, and we did that in the beginning too, where we would think, well, let's put the building down and build the scenery around it. And that's yeah. not that's not how nature works, you know. You're not unless you yeah. have a lot of giant earth movers and you're doing uh you're building a giant warehouse, you're not going to flatten out large swaths of land for small buildings. Um, and then and then take an earth mover and, and pile a giant mound or right. something to put a hill behind <laughs> a building. <laughs> right. But yeah. but you know, especially the and Jason, you're doing very similar uh, style buildings that we are in the sense of it's a lot of older 
uh, mid-century wood structures or early yeah. century wood structures. And yep. they wouldn't be excavating large, giant pieces of land to flatten no. them to build a perfect structure. You know, you're building them yep. on hillsides, and you're you're sticking them in weird little nooks and crannies within the within the the landscape. So exactly, you need to yeah. adapt your city to meet yep. your landscape, not the other way around. Right. Yeah. So I'm modeling. Uh, I guess it's in the 30s. Okay. And, you know, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of money. They're not going to dig up trees and replant them. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna build around the tree and just leave it there. Right. right. You know, they're not going to fix buildings. They're just going to do a quick patch on it and, and move on. They're not going to tear it down and rebuild something. They just didn't have the money. Right. So, yeah, it makes so I think, sense. So I think that's an important point to figure out what year you're modeling. And then, like I mentioned in my newest video, figure out what time of year it is right. uh, for your scenery material. Uh-huh. Uh, mine's going to be September, late September, early October. Um, that way I, I'm not putting in like bright greens. It just wouldn't fit. Right. So, well, and then you can add the fall colors to it a little bit. Yeah. And, and you uh, can do there's good... not much that doesn't look cooler than the fall colors. And you can do a good yeah. mix. You can do a good mix of greens and oranges and browns with that time period. You know, it's oh, not, yeah, yeah. nothing's fully yep. changed. You're kind of in a transition period. Oh, man, yeah. I hit the microphone. Um, anyways. If, if, I picked, if I picked the middle of summer, my colors would be different. Right. Right. Um, and so... And if you don't know the season that you're modeling and you just start throwing in these colors, it's, it could end up being too bright or just too many combinations of, of yeah. greens. You're right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, we, we haven't truly picked out a color yet. No. I mean, a, a season. No, I think ours will be... Uh, I'm just look, I'm looking at what we have now. It would probably it's it's a lot of um, we don't we don't have a lot of very full trees. It's a lot of the the coniferous trees. I would I guess that's what they're called the leafy trees, the coniferous ones. We don't have any pine. We don't have any pines, but there are a lot of uh, brighter. We do. We actually do. We just haven't put them on yet. Yeah, they're right. The box back there. But they're they're a little bit brighter of a green. So I guess we're kind of stuck yeah. with the May June look. But uh, yeah, sure. the other thing, real cool, uh, that we wanted, I want to talk about that you actually just hit on. The uh, Matthew Hankins is one of our our listeners. He was telling us at the Timonium show that the club that he belongs to actually picks down to the specific date, like the exact day, and they all. Oh wow! And I forget the day, Matthew. I'm sorry, but they all have an actual region, like a, a, a an area of the country, and the day to the T that they're all supposed to adhere to, uh, for their modules. That way they all have the same exact everything the whole way, the whole way through, which was, yeah, Yeah. I think that's really neat. And it's a very strict standard that they follow. That way, um, everyone knows what the deal is, like what kind of scenery, what it would look like. So I just found that really interesting. Yeah. And you know, to be completely honest with you, uh, I picked that season because, a lot of the scenery material that I have is material that's left over from uh, old 
layouts or uh, clients that I've done work for. So that's what I have the most of. That way I'm not going out and buying brand new No, that makes sense. Cereal. Yeah, so I just have a bunch of it on hand, so that's what I'm going to use. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's so, exp- it's not cheap, yeah. so I use what you got. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, have you um have you done many trees? Have you used the the uh the super tree stuff? Yes. You have? What do you do you like yep. that? I do. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah, a whole, I like it a lot. We've got a whole bin of it here. We started making a bunch. And um, there's been a lot of talk on our on our page too this week about uh, super tree stuff. That's why I, that's why I kind of brought threads, it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I was just wondering what your take on the super trees was because you can actually do some really cool stuff with that. You can mix colors. Um, you can make some really neat looking trees with that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and definitely you know on my YouTube channel. Uh, when I get more up the hill and get into doing trees, you know, I'll have entire videos on making different types of trees. So, uh, I'm looking forward to that. There's so many possibilities for different videos. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know that that's, what's so exciting. And and the really cool thing about mentioning, go ahead, go ahead. The subway, when I build the subway, I mean, that'll be a whole series of videos on building subway. I want to see that pretty that that is interesting how you're going to do that i'm I'm excited to see how that turns out it'll be fun (laughs) yeah it's i'm sure for you it'll be a learning process it'll i mean even though you're brainstorming ideas that you think i know this is you're probably the same way you'll be sitting and you'll be thinking about how am i going to do that and you think yes that's going to work that that idea is going to work and then you start to work on it and you're like this was awful idea. And then you got to go back to the drawing board. You're like, how am I going to make that work? But, I see yeah. somebody else that did something similar like that. You know what? I was don't it Frank? Know. No, 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 no. It wasn't. You know who it was? Well, I think it was Luke? Jason Jensen. I no, no, Jason, you know, on your listen, listen, layout. Luke, Luke Cowan. I did yeah. have a subway in my, on my last layout. Yeah, but recently, I thought I saw that on some of your photos. Yep. I did do one. Um, Luke Cowan recently did a video on trading the subway, which is just incredible. All of his work is incredible. I'll have to go, yeah. I'll have to go look for that. Yeah. We've been trying but to yeah, get you're him right. on the show. Um, um, he was buying a new house this summer, and I'm going to get in touch with him again to see if we okay. can't grab him and get him on because uh, – Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So uh, – You're right. I had a subway on my last uh, layout – I thought so. Very, I just thought about that just now. Yep. It was very simple, um, not very well planned out. I think it was just a quick weekend project, and I didn't um, – I don't. it was an afterthought, and I uh-huh. really did not plan it well at all. So uh, this one will be completely planned out. So Nice. Cool. Now, now the area that you're modeling, I mean, obviously it's a fictional. This is town that you you know we talked about the naming of it, um, but what region of the country is it that you're trying to to emulate? <laughs> Again, I, I just I don't really know. I really don't. <laughs> I'm just um, I'm and just that's modeling. okay too. Yeah, yeah. I'm just modeling, and the names will all be made up. The town names will be made up. Yeah, um, kind of like Dr. Seuss thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, um, I, And that's just part of me, I guess, being an artist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I think that's uh, the, great. The trains will all have custom 
paint colors and like if I named it the the Francis Marnin Southern, it would all have FM and South FM and S on yeah. the sides of the train. So uh, the entire layout is just completely made up out of my head. Right. I like it. You know what? The only thing right. the only thing I know is that it's probably going to be 30s and 40s. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do too. And yep. and now now here's a you know what's um uh, you know, at the beginning of the show here Brett said uh you know there what you know about how every time we get on we could just go on and on and on and talk about everything. And um we, we, it always we've had you on the show many times it's always just a very natural thing for us to just start yes. spouting off and we go in different directions. Yep. And I, I now know why. Because you're very much, we're, we're all very much alike. There's yep. really, there's really yep. no game plan for us. We just kind of <laughs> yeah. do whatever we feel like doing and we do it. Yep. And then, you know, yeah. And, and yeah, there's people out there that like, like, like lose their mind that, that people think that way, but you know, it's our way. So, and that's how we want to do it. So I think that, something that we share in common with Jason is the fact that our brains are kind of like a, um, <laughs> how do you want to, how do I want to, how do, what kind of metaphor do I want to use for this? Um, I'm not sure. You said brains and I, I'm, I'm probably lost. In the, that one. the, I'm lost. No, 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 no. Like the, the, the artistic side of it on us, the, the artistic uh, yeah. side of it is, yep. is, um, <laughs> It's like a Super Bowl bouncing around. Yeah, I get bored real easy, and, and I want to try new things all the time. I, I just, you know? I'm working on a building, and I'm thinking about where am I going to put it? And then I'm thinking about, well, what if I did this around that other area? And then what if I did this over there? And then I jumped <laughs> over here. And while I'm working, I'm looking at something else. And, I, and I'm and i very, uh, almost like, I have a hard time paying attention to one thing and locking in on it because I have a million, once I start to work, I'm like, Oh, but I got to go over there real quick and check this thing. And I got to do this. And I got to, Oh, what if I move that around over there? And I did this and I am very much like a squirrel. That's what I want to, maybe it's like a, we're like squirrels. We just, (laughs) we're very erratic and and unpredictable with what we're going to do next. We're, 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 Mrad, Mrads, or Mrads. <laughs> I don't know what that Mono is. Mono Railroad, Mill, Mono Railroad, Attention Deficit. That, that's okay. a deficit disorder. So, well, you know, that is why I am completing my harbor scene because I, if you're forcing yourself if to finish stick, it. Yeah. Yes. If I don't stick to that deadline and completely finish the harbor down to the last detail, it won't get done. I'll move on and get excited about the big city or the subway and I'll just start bouncing around and And it'll go, Oh, you know what? I've been meaning to, you know, somebody will say, Hey, Jason, how's your Harbor doing? Ah, it's almost done. There's a couple (laughs) things I want to add to it, but I'm over here building a, yeah. And and what's hard, you know, what's hard is that I can picture it completely finished now in my head. I've yeah. spent so much time on it that I know what it's going to look like when it's done. So in a way I am starting to get a little bored on it because to me, I already know what it's going to look like. So I'm right. ready to move on. Yeah. So I really have to force myself to completely to create finish it. it. Um, it's, but one really, thing to, it's one thing to I, think about it. It's the other thing to create it. And yeah. uh, we, we get lost in that sometimes. 
but I think I am building, uh, like, I don't know what you would call it, but my best layout. Like this is the final layout for me. I may add to it, but there's no tearing this one down. Like this is it for me. Yeah. I'm sticking with this one. So. <laughs> well, it looks amazing. Like I said, and, uh, yeah, that's 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 really really cool. Well, it's nice to know that you are are committing to making this your like your last big build for a layout because yeah, yep, it's never going to end. I know you all. I know how you are, yeah. and it's not going to ever yep. be done. But at least you'll know that it's always going to be it's always going to be that layout. It's always going to be that city. Now you might yeah. add a whole new section to it, but that's going to be the layout. Right. So cool. But you're right. We, I mean, I think that we think the same way, all three of us. Yeah. I think you guys are very creative with your layout. And I have just, I have always been creative. I'll tell you a, a really quick story. Now go for when it. When I was in, uh, I think I was in grade school, um, we were doing paper mache. And the project was you had to blow up a balloon and cover it in paper mache. And then you could add stuff to it, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could make a, a mask out of it. So so that weekend, I went home. I had my friend come over. I covered my friend in paper mache. I did a full body cast. <laughs> and and I after it completely dried, uh, I painted the whole thing white. And then I cut out the middle section where the stomach is. And out of cardboard and wood, I made gears. And then I painted the gears, oh, red, yellow, blue, green, basic colors, and put those all in the stomach. So Monday, I show up at school, and it's all in pieces. So I got to assemble it in the art room. And... um. That's what I did for my assignment. And everyone else did a little balloon head. (laughs) So um, I've always been a creative person and I've never been good at uh, following the rules. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, I just sort of did my own thing. And so many people would write in my yearbooks, like, you're the only person I know that uh, never followed the assignment, but always got an A. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, that's who I am it's a testament to it's a testament to your creative mind yeah yeah yeah. we were very I, I think Brett was like that when he was in school yeah I had I a hard I time a I had a hard yeah. time with instruction as far as um, like <laughs> mine was less of the uh, creativity side of it and mine was more of the uh, I don't have to do that because I know I'm still going to get to the same end result and pass. So yeah. mine, mine, mine was a little bit different, uh, probably a teacher's <laughs> nightmare, but, uh, uh, I always found a way to make it happen, but it was never done in the way that it was like, well, you have to do that because that's what they said. And, yeah. and it, yeah. it, you know, I, if I could go back, I would have changed that, but it's the same kind of concept where it's like, well, you don't have to sure. do it that way. You can get it. And you're, you're kind of that way now because you don't really follow the instructions right. on a kit. Right. You just put it together. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no rules. It's, it's, it's what it is. Yeah. So. I, I was always the artistic type and, um, would be, I, I'm talking like 
pe- paper and pencil, uh, pencil drawing, um, that type of thing, painting, um, that kind of work, uh, the finer arts in, in school. And, um, and, and my creativity flourished through, through that. I mean, through the, through my, through my pencil work. And, um, and then of course I, you know, took some classes and such on, on, in school and on different art, on the different art disciplines. But, um, you know, and I really never have talked about that on this show before. Uh, but I, but I did, I, I, you know, I was an art kind of kid at school and, um, you know, and I think a lot of that stems to how I model now, uh, in, in ways is I, I do follow directions, but then when I go to do the kit, I'm one of those people that is down to the down to a poster on the board and how it's curled on the corner and yeah. how the paint is in certain spots and I'm real every little tiny square millimeter of a of a piece before I put it on the on the model. I want to make sure that's that's how I am. It's weird. And yeah. that's why it takes me so damn long to make these things, but um, sure. but uh, that's kind of my style. But we're but even then, we all kind of just do what we want to do, and um, and I think that's kind of what makes us all all three of us a, a lot alike in our modeling is the fact that we just kind of um, our mindset is is hey. Uh, we need to do this and then we're going to do that and we're going to jump to that and we're really not caring if that's the proper way or if you like that or if that's what the the model railroad standard is this is what we do you know and if somebody doesn't like it we're not really concerned overly about it we just kind of do it anyways but uh, I think there's a natural evolution of modelers too where at first you're trying to copy people or oh, we've done you that. watch a video and you're like, these are the colors they use. This is the brush they use. And yeah. you do the same exact thing. And mm-hmm. then uh, the more you do it, the more you're like, oh, well, I can try it a different way. I can try it my way. Yeah, I like and, this way better than that way, you know? Yeah. Or you see yeah. something and you're like, ooh, I like that result. I like what that, I like the result of that. And it's yeah. sometimes it's by accident. I'm sure you've I'm sure you've discovered a lot of stuff too, like that, where you're working on something and you're like, "Well, that wasn't supposed to be the way I did it, but actually, that turned out even better." Uh, That's why I'm so excited about my current layout because my last layout, when I started, I was trying to make it look like John Olson or mm-hmm. Malcolm Furlow. Yeah. Um, and you it know, had now, those qualities. I saw that. I saw yeah. the Malcolm Furlow in your layout. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And now I'm just, I'm influenced by people, but right. I've done enough of my own work where I'm like, I can be influenced by someone and um, I but guess sort of get energized by someone and be like, okay, now I'm ready to do my own. Do my thing, right. yeah. And uh, it's exciting to be at that point. Now, now, when what? I'm just going to take a guess here, but I'm finding too that I'm pretty accurate. When you got back from seeing George Celius's layout, is that what motivated you to kick his thing out of here? That <laughs> that changed my entire life. Well, I saw you standing there, staring oh, in the space out there, looking at all yeah. that stuff, and you're, I'm like, 
I, I looked over at you while we were watching that. <laughs> and, and I think we had this on the last time you we were on the podcast. We said about this, but you know, I was watching you while I was looking at the, you know, at the, at, at Celius's work, but I was, you know, we were there five hours. So I, I could I tell like, that it was a game changer for you. Yeah, man. I could see yeah. it in Jason's face while he was standing there. Everybody yeah. else is out there talking. Jason's all over there by himself and he's staring at something. And I'm like, I, I even, I don't know if I said it to <laughs> Brett or if I said it to Dave Kruzwick or, or Hal Reynolds or somebody, somebody was standing next to me. And I was like, Jason's, Jason's got a plan. Jason's yeah. got something rolling in his head right now because I can see it, you know? But, uh, and that's you great. know, what stuck with me the most after seeing his layout in person was I was amazed by his creativity. Mm-hmm. The way that he put stuff at different angles and at different heights. And he made it all seem to fit and make it look realistic. I mean, yeah. he did things on his layout that would never be done in real life, but you would swear that it's supposed yeah, to be that, that way. That's supposed to be that way. And so the creativity, and then the second thing was that he made a commitment. He made a commitment to making this huge masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And to to have that kind of commitment in life and to create something, a a giant piece of art like that, just blew me away. I'm like... Okay, I've got to I've got to at least try this. Yeah. And to be able to so. share it with people like he does. Oh. And it yes. was an, and it's an an ever evolving piece of art. Yeah. You know. And imagine if YouTube would have existed oh my when gosh. he was building that. And if we could have watched him build that entire layout, oh that would gosh. have just been incredible. Oh, yeah. You'd be waiting every week for a new episode <laughs> to come out. <laughs> Man, that would have... Well. Uh, but, but at the same time, I'm kind of happy it didn't because there's some, there's some, there's some mystery behind it you know oh yeah like there's no, definitely there's a little bit of an like a there's a little bit of a mystery and yeah there's there, there's something about him and and howard zane and all the other guys that they did it before the resources were available to yeah. do what we're able to do because we're able to right. and and don't get us wrong there is talent involved, but at the same time, a lot of it in today's modeling community can be bought. Um, not that, and it's just like yep. with, and I'm going to go to a hockey reference here, and I'm sorry, but you can buy really good equipment to play a sport like hockey or whatever, but it doesn't mean you're good at it. And you can buy really good paints and really good mediums to to create good art, but it doesn't mean you're good at it. So just because the technology in in the materials is better today doesn't mean you're better at it. But what's amazing is 20, 30, 40 years ago when those guys were making what they are what we hold as masterpieces now in modeling that stuff wasn't available like it is now today. Yep. And they were working yep. with what we would now consider like not the standard thing to create what we're doing. And yeah, yeah. and they still did it, which is just mind blowing. Oh well, yeah. Well, like Todd's mentioned it before, where George would use charcoal. Yeah, ground up charcoal. Um, charcoal briquette. Yeah, to, 
for a weathering. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. So I tried it. Actually, it's, it's actually really cool yeah. because one of the things is it's it's not a pigment powder. It's not sticky. So, yeah, so it, it's not as sticky. And so what it does is it it just kind of coats it. And it it's it's not it doesn't make it overly dark um, to the point where it's it's uh, unworkable if you put too much on. Um, and don't you ever wonder, like, how many other things did he try yeah. before he discovered? Yeah, that? a charcoal briquette. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. he's out there barbecuing one day. I need to ask him if we get him on again about the whole charcoal <laughs> yeah. briquette thing. I, I didn't do it because then last time we had him on, I was sitting here, but my jaw dropped, thinking, "Oh my God, we have." George Selyus on our podcast yeah. <laughs> and I'm like nervous and I don't know what to ask him. My Although dad we was, had a ton of questions. My dad was like Justin Bieber at a, he yeah. was like a teen girl at a Justin Bieber concert. I had a whole mess of questions and we got through that whole show and which was long. And, and I, and I was like, I didn't even answer. I didn't even ask him half these questions. You know, yeah. but, um, yeah. but you know, that, that in particular is, you know, what was he, he was like barbecuing one day and goes, hey, you know what? I got this charcoal <laughs> on my fingertips when yeah. I was dumping into the, into the char into the, into the barbecue grill. And I wonder if I could use that at the shop. You know, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm wondering how it came along again. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it might not have been like that, but, um, it was so, well, some people I think are just natural they're just naturals at it i think yeah. you know doug at Foss scale models that guy oh. he is just a he just has a natural yeah. talent for making things look real right. uh, just incredible sure sure so. and and so you know it's it, it's just really interesting we were talking about um the different uh, materials that, you, that they use like that and we we talked about this one time before, and um, it, it was when we were up there looking at that layout. You notice there was no there was no static grass. Yeah, that entire layout there was a spot yeah. of static grass. It was all yep. it was all the um, you know ground foam scenery, and you're like, yeah. and yep. you never even gave a second thought of it. You never no. said you didn't think. Oh, you know what? He doesn't need. He doesn't need a static grass. In fact, I never well, actually no, thought about that until after you brought that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't look yeah. at that. You're like, oh my god, this is the most amazing, beautiful thing ever. You know, <laughs> right? It wasn't a, there wasn't a uh, one strand static grass anywhere on that layout. No, and um, yeah, and it looked beautiful. Yep, yep. So, so I think well, really it comes down to doing the very best job that you possibly can. Like when I'm working on my layout and even if it's just a, a little corner of it, I'm giving it 110%. And I don't think I've done that in the past on layouts. Right. I always, maybe you're, you're working on an area and you get halfway done. You're like, Oh, I'm ready to move on. So you just quick finish it so that you can move on. And this time is different for me. I'm really forcing myself to give a hundred and 110% on every little inch of it. Um, instead of just moving on and being like, well, that's okay. It looks good enough. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a hard thing for me to do. It really is. Sure. Um, so. All right. Well, let's actually kind of switch it up to uh, a, a little bit different part of our layouts that we like. Let's kind of transition over to what your favorite interest points are on your layout, Jason. Uh, I know there's your your waterfront is is there now, but within your waterfront, is there a a section that you are kind of draw? I know we are the we are we're the same way. Um, there's a there's a couple sections where we feel like it's really jiving, like this is really fun, and you're 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 really liking what's working there. So, what are some of your favorite parts that you're already working on right now within what you have done? My favorite part is in my newest video where I had to work with land and rock that I already put in place and I had to carve away parts of it and sort of uh, rework it to make everything, you know, fit in there. Um, And I just love doing that. I love working with areas that are already formed and then, okay, how can I chip away and put in retaining walls? And yeah, that looked awesome when you did that. Um, I, I just love doing stuff like that. That one you did between the rocks, you had the retaining walls, it's kind of like a fence, and then you had the plankway goes down through the middle of it, and that looks sweet. <laughs> Thank it you. really does. That was really cool. I saw that this morning. I was like, that is brilliant. How you did that, you know? And I'm sure there's other modelers that would have done it the opposite way. They would have put in their planks and retaining walls first and then poured their plaster rock around it. Right. um, And sort of work backwards where I start with putting the landform there first and then making everything fit. That's what that, that, and that's what I did along our, our waterfront here. Um, I created rock. I did rock the whole way down the end, all the way to the end, end to end. And then I found spots where I want to throw in, you know, where it's a little steeper or where I want to throw in uh, a building or a, a dockside part where you would have a retaining wall because there was some construction. And I chipped away at the existing rock to fit the wall, not the other way around. You know, I didn't put the wall in yeah. and then model the rock around that um, just because. Again, going back to... What's the thing about that? That's a, some major insight if you were able to do that, though. Yeah, but oh, mine was an accident. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I went the whole way down and put rock the whole way down, and I thought, I want to put, put something here, and it didn't fit because the rock was there. Now, yeah. it was an accident, but if you think about it, it's what we talked about earlier. It goes back to making your structures work with your scenery and not the other way around. So the rock was there first, and then I made the wall and the structure fit to the rock outcropping or the rock um, where the rock met the ocean or the seaside. Uh, it's, It's making it look like the scenery was there first, which is an awesome, it's, it's, I don't think you can do it any other way. Yeah. If you want it to look natural. No, Something new for me is this layout is built in sections. Okay. So that it can actually be removed from my basement. It can be taken out of my house. 
in case I move or even someday, you know, you wonder like, God forbid, but what's going to happen to George Selios's layout someday? Oh my gosh. I, I thought about that many times. You know, uh, I want it to be where my layout is maybe it goes to another person when I'm gone someday. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to be around for years and years or even go into some type of a museum or train depot where people can still enjoy it. Where, yeah. Where it's able to be shared with other people. Right. Yeah. So um, the, the, the neat thing about well, our layout similar to that kind of, um, the track itself would need to be, we're not, we weren't good enough to be able to end the track right on the, uh, the joint or, or the seam where the section would be. But sure. if, you know, I don't want to be in my house where we, where our layout is right now forever. Yeah. Uh, uh real nippers will take care of that. What's that? The real nippers will take care of that. Yeah. But, but oh, we, yeah. we'll I mean, be able to, yeah, we'll I'm be sure able to, there's work that would have to yeah. be done. I would much rather buy new track. If that's the only thing that's worried about yeah. it, we'll, 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 <laughs> lift, we'll lift the structures up and buy new track. That's not a big deal, yeah. but yeah, we yep. have it broken down into three two by four sections and one four by eight section. And it can all be dismantled with a razor right. blade and some rail nippers pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. the same yeah. thing as you, like, you know, we, I know that this isn't my last place I'm going to be living and yep. it, I would be devastated if, we had to destroy it, you know. Yeah. At this point, though, it'd be easy. We just cut some foam and move it out. But, but you know, five, three, four, five years from now, I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. And it's pretty neat that you had the same insight as we did to be able to say, like, hey, this might not be my last, like, the final place I live, and I want to be I able to. Make ca- it I want to be able to carry this with me. Yeah. Yep. So, that's really cool. Um, we got some questions from the We listeners. do have some patron questions. So this goes along with our uh, Patreon. Actually, you know what? We're going to jump to a new section of our show. You ready? Okay. And, and Jason can weigh on this because it's our very first time. You ready, Jason? I'm ready. We're a go- This new section is actually named by one of our listeners. And I hope he doesn't mind. I'm just going to do his first name, last initial. Gary S. emailed us a suggestion, a possible name for our new news segment. And I think we all agreed earlier, we're going to call this the fine scale bullhorn. So I'll insert the bullhorn sound here. All right, there we go. And uh, cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that in, obviously. You guys, yes. you all heard that. Everyone heard that. That's I it. heard it. <laughs> That but, was um, great, man. So this this is a new section. We talked about it in our 100th episode. We're going to start to include some news from the modeling and railroad community. Uh, each week, we'll just feature some new news, some some cool new things that are happening within the model railroading and modeling communities. So first one is from Ron Kleiss of My Mount Models. He is currently working on a new kit release, Sunrise Warehousing. Um it's a prototype model that was de- debuted during the Craftsman Courtyard in Timonium, which we got to see a kind of um, partially completed 
uh, diorama uh, build of it. And it's really cool. It's got a whole bunch of different levels to it. Um, it's right up our alley. It's right up Jason's alley. You you'd get it. You'd love it, Jason. It's really neat. Um, cool. But I can't wait to see he doesn't it. have much out for it yet because it's not out yet. So that's just a little bit of a teaser for everyone. Um, but it'll be out in the next couple of weeks. More information to follow on that, and you can get Look more. Inf- that. Yeah, and as always, uh, I think Ron Ron actually has a newsletter he was talking about in here. So to get that new information, head on over to Ron's site at uh, mindmapmodels.com to stay up to date on the new information for that. Also, um, this is our first week, so we don't have too much to add to the. What's it called here? Sorry. Sorry, Gary. I already messed up. I got one. I got one to add. I already messed it up. So one more thing for the, or two more things for the fine scale bullhorn. The, uh, David Yale wanted to add that there is a model train show in Cheshire, Connecticut. Cheshire, I'm going to, I think it's like Cheshire, like the cat. Uh, the high school marching band model train show will be on September or I'm sorry, September, September's gone Sunday, November 24th. From 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Cheshire High School. Uh, former guests Dave Yale and Ron Poitamani will be there. Hey, Ron. We haven't talked to Ron in ages, by cool. the way. Yeah, um, yeah we got to get back with him again. They will be there with our modular club for the Valley HO track. This show is probably the largest in Connecticut and offers several portable layouts in different scales and vendors offering a wide range of products ranging from N scale to vintage Lionel, motive power, structure kits, and more. So that is at the uh, Cheshire, like good time. Cheshire High School and on September 24th. Or, why do I keep saying September? Sunday, Sunday, November 24th. Jeez, I can't get that right. You know what it is? I don't want to admit that it's almost winter, and I don't want to say oh. end of November. We had our first it's snow. It's going to be 20 degrees tonight. We had our first it's snow shower. Now. We had our first snow showers yesterday, and it was depressing. Well, so. Jason's uh. had snow already. So. Yeah. Yep. Wait, yeah. I think I can see Jason playing the tiniest fiddle, uh, yeah. playing "My Heart Bleeds for You." <laughs> yes. uh, I love fall and winter. Um, I actually have more energy. I feel more awake. I'm more alert. Like I just love chilly and cold weather. Oh yeah. my goodness! Um, we'll switch. Yeah, we we yeah. I, man, I I want to be my one goal when I'm older is to ha- to be a snowbird. I don't, I just want to like, do you, are you familiar with the term snowbird, Jason? Yes. Yeah, I, I want to just move. I'm like after the holidays and when I'm older and I have my, I see my kids and maybe my grandkids and the, after the holidays, I just want to go South until like Easter and just come back and then see them again. Like I totally, oh, wow. I totally don't, I don't want to shovel. I don't want to do a thing that has to deal with winter after the holidays or whatever. So anyways, that's not for a few more decades for me. So, (laughs) well, you, you say that now, however, I don't think I'm going to love shoveling more than I ever have, which is not at all. I'm at the age where I have grandchildren and I do live here and I don't have a desire to go. I would love to, I hate winter. However, I also more than hating winter. I love my grandchildren. No, no, no. So I, I, I get would like it. to spend as much time as I can because 
to be honest with you, as we get older, we have less and less time available to us to do that. Oh, so, I get it. Yeah. I just, yeah, man, oh, I hate winter. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. What's your news, Dad? Well, well uh, it's not really too too big a news, and uh, but and it's nothing that this person didn't kind. Con- it's uh, what is it? Foscale Models. Oh yeah. Has a new website. It, it, it debuted today. It's an updated website. It's really nice. I checked it out. It's very pleasing to the eye, and it's, I yeah. find it's a lot easier yeah. to look at his models that, that are for sale. Um, it, they're, it's just very well put together, and um, so that's that's something new there. So if you get a chance, go over to Foscale Models or Foskits.com uh, yeah. or FoscaleModels.com, either one of those two, and check that out. And that's not a promo. He never contacted us and said, talk about my website. You know, it's not like that. Um, it's just I went and looked at it right before the show here tonight, and I was like, you know what? It's it's real easy to navigate. His photos look a lot better that way. Um, it's a it's a well put, well designed site. Nice, so. nice. And they now have a rewards system yes. where for every dollar you spend, you get a certain amount of points. I think they call it a rail it spike. Up. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Yep. And uh, any way for us to get to spend more. Is a good way for Doug, I guess. And it's a perfect it, – listen, it's the perfect um, thing because uh, we all like to buy awesome kits. And uh, who else wants to – I mean, who doesn't mind getting some rewards back for it? So yeah, sure. uh, that's pretty neat. A brilliant idea. I love it. Now, let's dive in. So that was the beginning of our first ever fine scale bullhorn uh if you guys want to submit anything as far as shows or events or anything going on in the future for the fine scale bullhorn section of our show we will announce it here on our show at some point it might be the beginning might be the middle might be the end but at some point during our show we will give you guys a shout out for your event your new thing it could even be something you're working on for your model or for your railroad layout that you just want to say hey i just finished a kit or i just did this or i just got a new x or whatever and i'm excited to use it hey we'll give you a shout out we'll just do a cool little uh, spot for you you can email yep. it to podcast at hscalecustoms.com or you can just message our page on Facebook um, and we'll give you guys a quick little shout out. Now, let's jump into some questions from our patrons. And these ones are for mainly for Jason because um, I announced to our patrons that, uh, you know, hey, we got Jason on tonight and who doesn't want to ask Jason some questions because everyone loves hearing what you have to say. So... Cool. We're going to jump into them. There's only a few of them here, but there's some really good ones on here this week. So we're going to just rip into them. Are you ready? Yep. All right. The first one is from Dan Banks. He is asking, what is an art element that you think, Jason, modelers should know about or use, but we don't, or it's not necessarily like uh, adapted by the mainstream modelers? Hmm. Well... I would say maybe color theory. And what I mean by that is when painting any object, you should do at least three colors on it. Um, You can do more for sure, but you should have the main color of the object, the shadow color, and then a highlight color. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if that's what he meant by that. No, no, I like um, it. But 
Yeah, I, I think that's a good tip where I think some modelers will paint, say, a barrel one solid color and wow. be done. And that's maybe it. Maybe then just add some rust to it with uh, a, a rusty brown color and, and be done. And um, so is to that... give it more depth and realism, uh, you definitely need to add more value. So let's, let's use the example of a barrel, for instance. Um, okay. So is this something, let me kind of unpackage what you just said a little bit. Is this something where if you're painting a barrel, rather than painting, and I'm not talking about a 55-gallon drum, I'm I'm talking about the wood barrels you get in the metal castings. I think that's what you meant, too. Um, I hate them things. Rather than painting them. Rather than painting They're the worst thing. I can paint all kinds of details. (laughs) That's the one that I suck at. Is a barrel with the band. So rather than rather than painting it just a wood color, like one solid color, like you said, yeah. Um, yep. Are you would would using three colors? Would this apply for as using three colors? Like so, you're painting the body of the barrel, the whole barrel, as a base coat, your base coat yep. brown, and then going back over it and painting the bands uh, a second color, and would. Would something like a third color for a highlight maybe be a layer or two of a light wash over it to uh, bring out your, you know, your your crevices and the the relief parts of the barrel? Well, uh, there are or, different techniques. You could spray paint the entire barrel with black or a dark gray. Okay. Well, and that's... That, that's your then that would be your shadow color then you would lightly maybe even dry brush your brown for the barrel over that right then dry brush a highlight color or you could just paint it all a solid brown then do a watered down dark brown or even a black and do a wash over it so that it goes into all of the cracks then after that dries dry brush your highlight color on it. I like it. That's a little different yeah. from what I do. Um, but I do like how, and we don't need to go into what I do, but I do like that you said about painting your base coat, almost like your primer or your base coat black, because mm-hmm. I am a big advocate for painting your castings and your resin parts black. And, um, I've done it in a couple of my videos now. I don't know if you've seen it, where I start, yeah. I start with black for my base coat for a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're using craft acrylics, it really brings out the, like you said, it brings out the, the shadows the and the crevices the and yeah. it makes your colors. I, I feel like it makes your colors look just a little bit more dulled down or a little bit more realistic in a real life setting because sometimes when you put them on white that little bit of white is changing the the color underneath that base underneath that coat of acrylic paint and it's making it too bright making it too vivid and colors just aren't that bright in the real world for the most part um yeah so it's, I think and if anyone wants a, a good example of this, just go and check out any YouTube channel that focuses on painting miniatures yes. for gaming. Yep. Oh my gosh, those miniatures. Um, my favorite channel is 
Dr. Faust? I think I, think I saw a video from him that was doing uh, um, the one of those guys that did the miniatures. He painted, um, well, he does a lot of miniatures, but he did one that was talking basically about the rub and buff that I use. Yeah. And uh, are you familiar with the rub and buff stuff? Yes. Yep. The guy on that channel only uses black and dark primers um, as a, a base coat because everything he goes over in the rub and buff video was just one of the many examples. Everything he does starts with a, a very dark base coat, whether it's a dark brown or mm-hmm. a dark a black or some of the military guys do that too. They'll start with a really dark base coat because um, A, I think – like I said earlier, it makes the colors look different and B your, your relief, like the, the, the darker, the crevices of those castings are already going to have that dark look to them. Yeah. So it saves you a lot of work. Actually. They put so many values on those figures. It doesn't matter what type of lighting you put those figures in. Uh, They just look awesome all the time because they put in, the highlights and the uh, just so many different values. Uh, it's just incredible. The hours they put in on it. It's incredible. Yeah. Now they have the luxury of working in a larger scale for the most part. So True. they can True. spend a lot more time with that, but, but no, but yep. it's the same thing. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's still a principle that we can apply to what we do. So, yeah, I like that. With my cat with my castings. If it's not made of wood, it gets painted black. If it's not supposed to represent wood, it's painted black. If it's supposed to be representing wood, um, then what I will do is that khaki, rust-oleum khaki. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, spray paint, yeah. Right. I'll spray that with on, like, wood benches and cabinets and anything that's supposed to be made of wood, staircases, whatever the casting is. Um, sure. but if it's, uh, or doors, if it's supposed to be uh, anything else, anything made of metal or whatever, it's not wood. It's gets, it gets black, you know, but, uh, that's it. That's all I wanted to do. Hey, nice. while we, we, while we're on that, since we just talked about barrels, Jason, how do you paint your bands on your barrels? <laughs> With a paintbrush. That <laughs> sucks. I, try and do I use that. a paintbrush too. I go all the way around, and by the time I and I'm trying to keep it as steady as I can, and I get to the other side, and one the one band. You ever get the barrel that the band doesn't match on the other side when you get to the other yep. side, and you go, "What the hell? How did they? How did they mess that casting up so bad that on the other side the band doesn't match with the other <laughs> side the bat the band it would be." You know, I, I've run into it many times. I paint it with my smallest paintbrush possible and a very steady hand as I turn it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think the, the trick for me anyways, and, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot. There's a, there's, oh, you had him on the show just a couple weeks ago. Um, um Gallant? Uh, he, Brett Gallant? Yeah. Yeah. From Sierra so West? He has a video. Yes. He has a video showing painting barrels. And he moves, he turns the barrel instead of 
moving the brush. That's yes, what I do. So I do. I did that too. I roll it. I roll it flat on my on my surface that I'm painting as I as I run the bristle around the brush. Yeah. Well, it doesn't other. work for me. I can paint anything. <laughs> I, can paint, I can paint any other detail. Every detail. Every little tiny detail. I painted that one on this uh, Baxter's inside that garage, which we'll never see. By the way, it's a it's a workbench, and then for whatever, and until you light it up, you're never going to see the thing. But um, it has a plate of food on it. And, I mean, down to the food I painted on it. But I can't get a damn barrel band. The paint for me, I'm, I'm horrible <laughs> at them. They're, they're terrible. So what I have done is you paint them black, and then you paint everything else around the barrel band in brown, you know, or the overcoat of the, yeah. the brown paint. Um, uh, even that doesn't satisfy me. I'm not. I have not mastered the barrel. Hmm. It's, it's well, you can six. also you can dry brush that band also if you just real yeah. lightly dry brush it even with a, a light brown because just by glancing at it you're gonna your brain's gonna tell you that it's a metal band so i'm a yeah. i'm a big advocate for dry brush everything as far as yeah. detail parts yeah because they're so small that it's 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 they're not gonna see it much anyway well and it's good enough yeah. it's 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 the whole 80 yeah. 20 rule like okay 80 20 rule I got it where I got eighty percent of the way where it's believable and yeah, it's such yeah. a small detail part that that's all you really need. So, yep. All right, let's move on to the next question. So, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> next one from Ron Piskel. He has two for you. One will be quick. One could be a little longer of an answer. One, do you ever sleep? Two, what do you draw on for your creativity? Okay, so the first one, uh, for the past week and a half, I've been going on probably four to five hours of sleep per night. Um, I I don't require a lot of sleep, (laughs) and, (laughs) you know... Coffee. To be be honest, yeah, well, coffee, but I'm just so excited about art. Um, Right. My day job is art. Um, Right. and then I'm doing the modeling and there's just so many things that I want to do and create that it's really hard for me to go to bed at night. And then if I wake up early in the morning, you're ready to work right away. As soon as, as soon as I open my eyes right away, my brain's like, Oh, you're working on this. Oh, you want to do this. And so I instantly get excited about it. So I want to get up out of bed and start working on it. And uh, it's kind of a curse, I guess, because uh, <laughs> there are some times where it catches up to me and I get really super tired. And uh, But I just love being creative. So it is hard for me to sleep. No, I get it. You, you, you get excited and, about it. Yeah. And what was the second question? Where do you no, draw? By what, the way, on the sleep, we love to tease you about the sleep thing. Everybody does. <laughs> it's not just us. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the other one was what you draw your creativity from. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Everything and anything. Um, I just I get inspired by other modelers on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Oh, Instagram is a great platform. 
And it's um, not just ours. It's not just in our scale. It's a if oh, you're the yeah. same as us. It's it's there's people that do street. Have you ever seen the guys that do like street scenes that are O scale or larger? But they're, they're building like yeah. they'll just do like a wall flat on a piece of foam, yep. and it's like a curbside scene with just one wall flat on a man. They're incredible. The people that the people that just model doors. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It's ridiculous. And then movies, you know, movies will. I'm just so impressed what with what they can do with movies, and you know, like the Star Wars movies. Oh yeah. Um, it just what's so impressive is that it all comes from one person's brain, and and they create this whole world. It's so impressive. <laughs> no, it is. I get it. You 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 see the you see the more than just what the end result is. You, when you're watching or seeing something like that, you're you're wondering. Yeah. And you're you're wondering and you're amazed by like what was going on in their head while they created that. It's yeah. it's deeper than just seeing the end result. You're like, man, look at all the thought that went into that thing down to yep. whether it's a crumpled up newspaper on a on a on a diorama that's just a door like you said or oh you're watching a movie whether it's CGI or it's real and you're like man look at that scene you know that's all art and yeah the thought that goes into that more deeper than just the scene when you're just watching a movie and you're like oh cool like that newspaper just blew in front of that screen whatever there's there's a brain behind every single thing that you saw that was created. And that's yep. pretty inspiring. It, so. it really is. And, you know, you'll even, you'll hear a song or hear an artist and you may not like that artist at all. Uh, there may be some new teeny bopper out there, but <laughs> the, the, the dedication that that person has and the goals that they have in life that have put them in that position that now has them on the radio or yeah. in a video. Um, and, the sleep, just and just like you impressive. and everyone else, all the nights of uh, little sleep and work, working on that thing yes. that they yeah. have now. Yeah. Yep. So it's a lot of passion. It's unfortunate, but I think a lot of people lean towards the negative. They're like, oh, I hate that song or I hate that movie. Like, really? I mean, somebody worked for uh, years, yeah, worked for months and years. Yeah. To, to create that. And that was their vision. Right. <laughs> and someone just turns around and dumps on it. You know? Yeah, I, no, I get it. Yeah. Um, so the next one, that's, I like that. I like that. It's, it's, it's more of a, that you're fueled by other people's passions, whether, yeah. and, and, it, and, and you're probably like us where we'll, and I don't mean to hang on this question for a while from Ron, but you'll, you'll see all skill sets of models or you'll see all different various variations of experience of people who are building things. And I don't care if it's someone who sends us a picture of the first craftsman kit they ever built because they just bought one and they're excited about it. Or it's the guy that yep. sent us a picture who has been building one for 10 years and they're experts at it. I get just as excited seeing someone who 
is just getting into it, posting about it on Facebook as I do. Oh yeah. Someone who is been doing it for 10, 15 years. And I draw from inspiration on all different inspiration and the energy Yep. To just go back and build something at my bench, whether I can only work for a half an hour or an hour like I did last night making those signs we talked about before we started recording uh, for the kid I'm building, or or if I'm going to sit down here for a whole day on a Sunday afternoon because there's nothing going on. I, 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 I'm driven by what I see from everybody working on everything and sharing and whether you're beginning or you're an expert, I think it's all inspiring it's it's great to see all that. Oh yeah. I agree. I completely agree. And especially like I'll bring up hockey because I know you guys love <laughs> hockey. I I have zero interest in sports, but the dedication and the hard work that it takes to be a hockey player and yeah. then to make it to a professional team and have that as your career, those hours that they put in that to me is so inspiring. It's it's it's, it's when you think about it on that scale, it's yeah. insanity that they that they dedicate that much time. But then they probably think that it's insanity that we dedicate as much time as we do to building wooden miniature yeah. structures. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 all relative. Yeah. If you went up to any professional athlete, no matter what the sport is, or you went up to any professional. Uh, Whatever they were, if they're a professional um, yo-yoer, they they they're a professional. They're paid to play to play with a yo-yo, you know. And you told them what you did, they would go, wait, 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 what? What you build that? You build miniature structures and you do it for hours on end. That's awesome. Like so, yeah. it's all relative. They would think the same thing. And you don't make any money from it. <laughs> no, but but a lot of those guys would would feel the same way, like. Wow, you got a passion for that, and you do it, and you grind it out, and you make some cool art. Like, it's the same. Yeah. It's it's all rel- It's all relative to, uh, you Dedication know, of time. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, your, it it's yeah, really neat that. to see it uh, from beginning to end. Whether you're starting out or you're an expert or you've been doing it for forty years, it's all really really awesome. So, and I think you feel the same way as us. Yes. All right. Next one. We got a few more to go through, so let's 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 get <laughs> let's get through these ones here. Um, from Matthew Hankins, in your most recent video, Jason, you talked about having to adjust your plans after some unforeseen circumstances. How much planning do you do, and how much of it is just you creating stuff on the fly? I think a lot of it now is creating stuff on the fly, and that just comes from years of experience years of doing my own modeling and then doing work for clients where I've worked on building layouts for other people. Right. Um, I think I'm at that phase now where I'm just kind of, I can do stuff on the fly and if a problem comes up, something doesn't go right. You'll deal with it. I, I have the confidence that I can fix it. Right. And, and now you're no longer in the, the panic mode when you something when something comes up yeah. that's unknown, it's more and and I you and how do I want to say a challenge this? Now. It's yeah, a now challenge. now you look at it like, okay, well, uh how am Let's I gonna make out. this work? Uh versus yeah. Yeah. oh my gosh, what did I just do? What happened? What did I mess up? Oh, I ruined it. I ruined right. it. 
Yeah, now yeah, now it's yeah. more it's less of hitting the panic button and more of like, okay, well, yeah. what am I gonna do about it? Yeah. Right. So yeah. what are we gonna do about it? And then we can tell the client that <laughs> I meant to do I meant to do that and this is the yeah. core way of doing it right here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it just it just comes from experience. Right. You know, as you guys know, you know, you get better and better with every kit that you build and you know that you know how to make a corner fit together from top to bottom now. Right. You've learned little tricks that if it does oh, yeah. warp a little bit, you know how to fudge it yep. to make it look or, uh, presentable. Or the old right. the old Howard Zane version of uh, hide it with a bush. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know, you know, I yep. think even though we've been doing kits and buildings and structures and scratch builds for as, as many as we've done and you've done there's still things later on when you're looking at it, you're going, ooh, like I, uh, I gotta hide that with something. Uh, yep. But it's yeah. you know no one's yep. no one's no one's a hundred percent on everything that we do. And but you're right, you're no longer in that panic mode. Right. Right. You, you you just look at it and you go, okay, well, what do I do now to make that right? Or you'll stop, or you'll stop in the middle of it and go, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'll turn out the lights. I'm gonna walk away. And I'm going to think about it. Don't get me wrong. You sleep on it. You sleep on it. It bother us. It it bothers all milers. And uh, it will bother me. Uh, But I'll leave. And and I'm not saying leave for the rest of the day. I'm just saying turn off the lights, walk away for an hour or something, go do something else, go outside, get a breath of fresh air, think of you're thinking about it, and come back in an hour. And then sit down. Exactly. I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out now. Instead of instead of staying there and overworking it and making it actually worse, right? Exactly. No, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times, walking away and coming back, um, and this isn't just with modeling. I do this with uh, so I do a lot of programming for my job, and I find that writing code and programming is the same way as modeling. Uh, sometimes just walking away and coming back fifteen minutes, an hour later is the best way to find a solution to the problem that you have than sitting there and just trying to keep fixing it and keep fixing it and keep adding stuff and keep working it over and over again because then it looks worse, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes just put it down, go do something else, get a cup of coffee or go work on something else on your layout somewhere else completely separate from what you were doing and come back because then while you're working over there or you're doing that other thing or – you're taking the dog for a walk or whatever it is. When you come back, you'll come back with a solution that's more sound and better than just trying to f- keep fixing it over and over again right there at the bench. And if you don't yeah. have the solution, sleep you come on back it. With a, you come back with a fresh mind. Right. At least. Yep. And you can and always sleep on it. You can always yeah. sleep on it and come back. Right. Coffee, so. coffee is always the answer. Yeah. Coffee. <laughs> you cannot go wrong with coffee. Dave Cruzwick, as many posts as you put up about coffee, we agree with all of them. Uh, coffee well, is the answer. You, because of all you, I'm back on the coffee kick myself. I've been drinking a lot of it lately. Oh, Jason, you're and, at, uh, you might not agree with this. This is controversial. You ready? Uh-oh. I think I turned my dad on to this, by the way. Uh, I drink a lot of decaf now. 
What? Yeah. So hear me out. Hear me out before you're ready to, to just put me on the stake and just. Uh, so, God, so I almost hung up the phone. Oh my goodness. We might well, never have we, easy. I'm a high we, blood guy. We might never have Jason back. We might never get Jason back after this episode. So, so don't get me wrong. Listen, I drink caffeine. I drink high test coffee. Black. I only drink black coffee. High test. Yep. Like, as you got to cut it with a knife to get it into my mug. That kind of coffee. I drink that mm-hmm. all day, all day. I can drink it up until about five or six in the evening. But because I got to get up early to go to work every morning, I've been having a problem or I was having a problem where drinking like, you know, my whatever, some of those coffees are like really high. They they market that they're high caffeine and that's what I was buying. Uh-huh. Well, I would drink a, a cup of it or six cups of it at night <laughs> while I'm working and then I'm laying there in bed at 11 o'clock at night like... Or 12 o'clock at night, I'm like, I can't go to sleep. I can't go to sleep. It's one in the morning. I'm still wired, just laying in bed. So Work on the layout. <laughs> I, I know, I and I think about that, but then I think, well, I got to get up at 5 in the morning to go to work, and I got to get the kids ready, and I got to do this, and I'm going to be dead at work at 3 in the evening, or 3 in the afternoon. So hear me out, Jason. Hear me out. <laughs> I've I think I've tricked my body into drinking decaf. And it's like a placebo effect because I'm still drinking my coffee that tastes like coffee. And I still have that energy because I'm getting that warm coffee flavor drink in my system where I'm able to be like energized by it. But I know that when it's time for bed, I'm ready to hit the bed. And uh, that's my modeling tip of the day, everyone. If you are addicted to coffee, if you're hopelessly addicted to coffee like I am and you can't get to sleep in the evening because you've drank too much coffee then just get some decaf and make sure if you're doing it right so here's the thing if you're gonna get decaf don't go get like maxwell house de maxwell house decaf because it you don't want to get cheap decaf if you're gonna get decaf and you're gonna torture <laughs> yeah. yourself get some nicer right. get some like get some high quality decaf because at least it's gonna taste better you know you don't want to you don't want to be drinking your gruel and knowing it's not even doing anything for you. At least it's got taste good. <laughs> well, so. my tip of the day is <laughs> coffee tastes better in an HO scale custom mug. Ooh. Oh, hey. <laughs> I like the plug. I like it. You can get that at hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support. You can get your own HO scale customs mug. And I do love that you rock the uh the mug. I think I come I love that mug. I think I commented on your on your one video about that. I I <laughs> I, I love watching your videos, by the way, but it's it's always a little nice. It's a nice thing to see uh, the uh, the glue that binds every modeler together, no matter what type of coffee you drink. So yes, I ha- I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could tell you that I that I I, I would love to have some caffeine. Says that he he's on strict. O- he wants me to cut back the caffeine. My dad's and, on strict uh, orders. Yeah, and I can have caffeine. He just wants me to not have as much caffeine. Well, your doctor's and, uh, asked, so and, I'm on, and I have I do take medication for high blood pressure. Something new this year. Uh, as I get older, I'm finding I need. I didn't ever needed that, but now it's something new. And as we well, go, we will Hey, we won't ever tell your doctor that you're drinking caffeine. Yeah. Don't worry. That's a, that'll be our show's little secret. I think we yeah. better get on to the next next question. question. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, gone on about yeah, we've stop right now. We, he is saying he loves your work, Jason. What is your favorite technique that you'd like to share for this episode 
and or your favorite modeling medium. Oh, so if you could just cow. pick one one thing that you want to share for this week's episode. Well, I just shared about the coffee and the mug. Ah, yeah, the coffee and the mug are good. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's I, actually uh, let's. How about you just pick one medium that you like to use, and we'll go with that for the week for this well, question. I think everyone knows I love using the acrylic paints, the acrylic craft paints. Um, I just think that you can do so much with them with. Um, adding water, different amounts of water to it to get it to different thicknesses. And, you know, in my, not my last video, but the video before it, I showed uh, painting boats. And in that video, I made a wash using black acrylic paint in Windex. And the Windex allowed the black acrylic paint to really get into the cracks. And it doesn't, sit on the surface like maybe mixing black acrylic with water uh, you might get some of it staying on the surface where the Windex uh, really just it it sort of finds its way into the cracks and you can even paint an object black and then spray it with the Windex and it just you'll see it just goes into the cracks so it, it's that so acrylic paints are just so easy to work with. The acrylics are easily the most flexible and versatile medium that we can use. There's so I many. Mean, you can definitely get really cool effects with oil paints, but then you're working with mineral spirits. You have some odor with it. Don't get me wrong. It's really cool to work with oils, but right. Uh, and they take longer to dry to clean up. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So I go with acrylics. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I like I like the acrylics too. I've come to the conclusion there are certain things that I find that I do have to use. I I do like to use oil paints with, or not just mm-hmm. oil paints. Um, the the military modeling paints that we've talked about in the past, the AK stuff. But I've found also though that I can achieve the same results with acrylic craft paints. Um, you know, there's nothing you can't match with acrylic craft paints because how they got every color under the rainbow, (laughs) you know, and then some, so yeah, nice. But you can, for me, it really, I think it comes down to a, a money thing. I mean, if you look at the size again, I'm doing, uh, my room is 15 feet by 13 and a half feet. And right. to do a completely insane detailed layout in that area, uh, I mean, I need to save as much money as I possibly right. can. Right. So you do that with all, you do that with all acrylics. I mean, yeah. not acrylics. Um, with uh, 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 do that with all um, the AK interactive. You need stuff. to take out a bank loan. Well, to hell, you're going to be. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's ridiculous. Nice. And same with um, um, scenic material. Like, uh, I'm not going to go super high end because I would just spend a fortune on my layout. Right. So, yeah. No, it's sometimes back to the basics is is best for a lot of it. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, like, 
George Selios on the Franklin and South Manchester. He did all very basic, cheap, inexpensive right. scenic material, and and his techniques are also inexpensive. So right, um, and look what he created. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. everyone I mean, adores it. Nobody's gonna say his his methods and the materials he used are uh, not effective. We we already know. So. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Um, Joe Collins is asking, what is your favorite and best way to paint and apply shingles? Quick and easy one. Ooh. Well, I tend to use shingles from caseyworkshop.com. Right. The paper ones, right? And Yes. Yep. And I just use Elmer's glue. Um, now... I'll tell you, some companies offer shingles that are peel and stick. Mm-hmm. I personally do not recommend those. I don't like them myself because I like to lift the edges. I was going to go shingles. into that. And if you peel and stick and you lay all those shingles down, pretty soon they're just stuck. You're not lifting any shingles. It's, right, it's right. hard to achieve so, that. It's hard to achieve that. Um, weathered roofing effect where they're peeling when even the yeah. very edges and corners are hard to lift back up. Yep. Yeah, because after I lift up my shingles a little bit, then I go over it and, and dry brush it, and all those raised areas now are getting hit with a highlight color. Right. Uh, so. Um, and, and, and painting them, do you mainly dry brush them? Okay. Yep. Well, um, first I use my pastel chalks, right, and brush over brush over them before I even cut them out of the sheet. I just go in one direction over the entire sheet, and then um, then I cut them out and glue them on. Nice, right. nice. Yeah, that's that's kind of the same thing I do. I dry brush them and do a lot of my weathering on them prior to cutting them out. Because yeah. they're a pain. Don't let's just be honest. They're a pain in the butt to work with <laughs> after they're cut out. You can't. You, yeah, oh, yeah. You, well, you got to make sure all that work is done before you cut them. Because after they're cut, they're pretty much ready to just go on the building. Because there's not much you can do after that. <laughs> yep. Um. Next one is from Jason Sider. Jason, he and this is a little bit longer. So bear with me here. But he's saying Jason is one of those guys that a lot of people strive to you know, get their inspiration from, but who are Jason's influences? And if there's anyone who you strive to be, is there anyone you strive to be, which we kind of talked about this earlier in the episode, which is why I'm jumping forward in his question. Is there anyone that you strive to work and be like, or are you just rolling with it, enjoying whatever comes to your mind and whatever you end up happening to create, which we, we kind of hinted at earlier. Sure. Um, you know, someone who I have a lot of respect for is Doug at Foscale Models. Mm-hmm. Um, his modeling is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it truly is. But again, like we mentioned before, I'm just so inspired by all different modelers um, on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube um, I've just been, I just have such a passion for the hobby and I'm inspired by so many different people. Uh, 
especially modelers that have their own uh, unique look, that use their own creativity rather than maybe just um, uh, trying to do it like somebody else. You know what I mean? Right. People who are creating their own version of of whatever it is they're building. You know, it's it's so unique that when you see it, you go, oh, man, that is Joe Smith's style to a T. Yeah. 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 Yep. You know, it's, it's yeah, cool to definitely. see. A lot of our listeners and um, even guests have their own style. So we've had people on like, uh, you know, Frank Varga has got his own style where he yeah. is very good at taking – no one could create Frank Vargas style because yep. it's it's over the top as far as size. You know, uh, Frank likes to build very extravagant and very large structures, mm-hmm. but not a lot of guys are good at that. And you know, you're good at your details and the and the way that you really bring out um, colors and the color theory of buildings and. Um, you know, detailing parts and everyone has their own little oh, yeah. thing and their own little thing that they specialize in. That's good. And it's not necessarily that you're you or I or my dad or Frank or Doug are the best at one th- single thing. It's just that you do your own, you do it your own way, yeah. which makes it unique. Yeah. And that's, what's inspiring. Yeah. Because, uh, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know, Doug might do something new that we see, uh, you know, that we haven't seen done that way before. Or you got, you might even do something in a video that no one else has done that way. Not that it's groundbreaking, but it's just a little different. And we all look at it go and go, oh, that's really neat. And I wonder how I could do that. Or even when right. I do that, it's a little bit different, which that's totally inspiring to me. And that's probably, I think that's what yeah. you're going to, kind of getting at too where everyone has their own thing where it's just watching other people do stuff is just completely inspiring. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think you only get there by experience by, yeah. you know, doing messing a up a lot of work, messing yeah, it definitely. up and then going back and yep. doing it again. And, and yeah, you get right. there by reading the instructions and then going, well, how can I do it different than the instructions? And you, yeah. it's it's kind of what the whole premise of this whole podcast episode has turned out to be, where uh, you kind of evolve as a modeler as you go along. Yes. So. Yeah. By by trial and error, right? Right. I mean. Oh, absolutely. So, yep. And one last thing I want to do before we jump into the next question here. The whole tr- you brought it up by saying trial and error. The one thing that's amazing about trial and error in this hobby is it's become more affordable for people to, to experiment with craftsman kits with trial and error because a lot of the manufacturers are now putting out kits that are affordable enough for people to dip their toe into craftsman model railroading and yeah. learn by messing up a kit or two. And you don't have to worry about blowing... 50, 75, 100, 200 hours into a kit and you can pick up a 10, 15, 20 hour kit or under 30 hour kit and learn. And maybe it doesn't turn out the greatest, you know, that it should have. But I think in the last year or a year and a half, you've seen an an abundance of uh, lower cost kits where people who are maybe listening aren't going to be afraid to purchase a $150 kit and then just absolutely botch it, you know? Yes. So yep. it's good to see that. 
No, that's a good point. There are a lot of companies offering small, low-priced kits that you can get your feet wet and practice on and build your confidence yeah. and learn yeah. from those until you dive into your, you know, your your big kit, the big ones, right? Right. right. All right. Last question, and then we're going to wrap up this week's episode. This one is from Jake Johnson. Um, and he we covered the first part of your question, Jake in the entire episode. Uh, so I'll read it and then we'll jump into his second question here. Jake would love to hear more about Jason's layout plans and the design, which that was what the whole episode was about. Um, and also he's interested in Jason's favorite scratch build project of your past or what you might have built, what you might have planned for any kind of scratch builds in the future. So do you have any scratch builds planned? Or I ones that you've done? Have- I I do have a scratch build planned, and I've shown pictures of it on my uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, uh, it sits on a wharf, and I'm combining three kits from Foscale models. It might even be four kits. I don't remember. Um, and it's two levels, and there's like a rope bridge. Uh, it's hard to describe, but I've shown it two times on two different videos where I've drawn the picture of it. Um, I just haven't gotten around to building it yet. And I'm very excited about, about building that model. Nice. Um, I don't know about a past, um, a past one. Yeah. I, I, that's all right. I don't really have a favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know you've done a lot of kit bashes too, so that's that's kind of uh, yeah, along the same lines. Which yeah, you've Jason's done a big kit basher, a yeah, bunch yeah. of kit bashes. Which I don't even I don't know if you've done a plenty of them. Uh, you 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 are well versed in the kit bash world, which is uh, almost a whole separate topic on its own. So um, we're gonna that actually wraps up our questions of the week. Uh, we will. Um, what are you building right now, man? Yeah. Um, well, I'm still concentrating on just trying to get that harbor done on my layout. And I have one more building uh-huh. to to build. My last building, it's a FOSS scale kit. And, um, oh, my gosh, I can't think of the name of it. It's a waterfront kit, and it says fish on the side of it. Oh, Del Giorgio fish. Del Giorgio. Yes. Yes. I did that. Gonna... That's a great model. That's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, that is my last my last kit for the harbor. And then you know that my harbor scene will have 20 structures in the harbor. Nice. Oh, my word. Well, that's cool. Uh, I'm trying to keep track of everything where it'll have, you know, 20 structures, three – or no, I'm sorry, four big ships, like six small rowboats. Um, I think when I'm done, I'll have 35 gooseneck lamps on it. I'm going to count all the figures. I'm going to keep track of everything on it <laughs> for every, for every section that I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Very yeah. cool. I don't know why, but I'm just documenting. No, it's, it's cool thing. to have like a no, little it's... miniature inventory of what you're working on. I wish I had yeah. done that. I haven't, we haven't done that. We I'm going to start do. now. 
Way to go, Jason. You see the start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hang a clipboard. We'll hang a clipboard from the side of the the layout here, and we'll just start keeping a tally yeah. of everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like cars, people. Right. How many That's times good. do people say, "Yeah, how many cars are on the Franklin and South Manchester?" Yeah, and well, he goes, "I don't know." You yeah. Know? <laughs> So oh, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know, like five thousand. Yeah, I can't even imagine keeping track of it. At some point, you stop because yeah. you know that point. You're like, uh, you know what? We it was four thousand something. I was gonna say five thousand now. Yeah, I've only built five thousand cars. Dude, no, that's it. It is. It's a little scary when you stop and think like i just said 20 structures in my harbor if yeah. i sat down and added up the cost of those and then the cost of <laughs> figures and boats <laughs> uh yeah i'm just not even gonna go there yeah yeah you can't do that if you do that you'll you'll if you do that you'll 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 drive yourself nuts yeah you know, <laughs> you sit there and go oh my god how much money did i just spend you don't even want to think <laughs> yeah. about that yeah 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 but yeah. cool. Well, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Um, right. Thanks Aww, again for coming on. Already? We're at two, we're at two hours and <laughs> one hours, minute, Jason. Like, you might have broke the record. This is a long one. This is a long one. Um, you, I think you may have broken the record because. Uh, this, this might be one of the longest ones. It might uh, be. It might be longer than Dave Ferrari's. So. But there was no washing yeah. machine going off. So it's, it's so fun talking with you guys. <laughs> well, um, we appreciate you guys. Well, we appreciate Jason coming on uh, and your time tonight. Um, it's so easy to talk with you. It's Jason. just like it's all fun, man. Cool. it goes too fast. Cool. It goes too yeah. fast. Yeah, it so, does. All right, Jason. Well, as always, uh, thank you for coming on. If you guys aren't. If you are like living in a cave or something somehow and you haven't seen any of Jason's episodes or Jason's YouTube videos, I'm sorry, uh, you should head on over to Jason Jensen's Trains on YouTube because uh, if you haven't seen them already and you're listening to our oh, podcast, yeah. you're like living under a rock or a cave and you're in a cave <laughs> because he's everywhere. Um, make sure you go check out his YouTube channel and there's a link in our show description to uh, subscribe and check out his channel because uh, you're missing out uh, as well as his Facebook page because you're going to be able to see the updates on his layout uh, that we were all talking about tonight yeah. uh, you can't and miss Instagram. it and your Instagram page I'll put all three yeah. links in and there Twitter. and your, I didn't know you were on Twitter are you, on, you are yeah, on your Twitter I'm yeah on. we're not as good I don't good. even understand Twitter we're not a, I, I'm on Twitter but um, like really sporadic so uh it's yeah, me up. too. And I, I just sort of use it as an ad to page. I just put yeah. like when new videos. That's are up. that's what I do. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. We do, yeah, so. I feel really bad. I don't get it other than that. I feel I really bad that Twitter. we have people that will like comment on our Twitter, and then it's like I'll, I'll check it, and like three weeks later, I had, I, I saw there was a comment, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. I missed it by two weeks. Like what? But yeah. uh, you know, I try to stay up to date on Twitter, but. I'll throw all the links in on our uh, show description cool. here for you. Um, well, thank you, you guys so much for having me on. I mean, sure, I, man. I truly appreciate it. I have so much fun every time, and it's your awesome. listeners are yeah. just the best. It's so. a it's a, fun, a it's a fun it's a fun community of modelers, and we just like to to yeah. share what you have to say because uh, 
it's always fun when we get you on. So yeah, we are going to call this one a wrap. Uh, as always, you know where to find us, everyone. So uh, we're going to call this one a good night.